Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of AK's Podcast, and here we are. It's my one year anniversary, 52 weeks or in a year, and I've been releasing an episode once a week for each week. So this is episode 52, so yeah, it's been a year. <laughs> and it's been a journey, so the best way to celebrate it is by having the single most influential person in my lifetime appear on here. He needs no introduction. <laughs> Introducing Omar Khan. Oh. Uh, boss, that's you. Humbling to be, to be uh, announced like that. We thank you very much. You're welcome. We try our best to make our uh, you know, difference in people's lives. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for the very kind words. You're welcome. You're welcome. How are you today, anyway? Doing all right. Been a very busy day, <clears throat> as usual. Lots of um, bitty, bitty little things that we had to sort out today. But yeah, all good. You know, making a difference in someone's lives every day. That's what we are here to do. So I can uh, proudly say we uh, we did. You know, we helped out a project that needed some emergency help. It was good to be part of that. Um, we also was involved in a in a discussion about cancer and how we can find out what the community or what the lack of knowledge in the community is doing. So yeah, some very good positive meetings today. So yeah, and we made a difference in someone's life. That's the most important thing. Definitely, definitely. So let's start. First question, and we'll just get straight into the questions. Okay. Uh, you are the head coach, CEO, owner of Press United. You are like every top level role you can describe for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm the founder, yeah. Founder, I guess so. That's probably the best way to say it. And yeah, I, the founder, yeah. And I am your miscellaneous department. <laughs> you are? I've had the pleasure of knowing you, what is it now, 10 years, is it? Much longer than Maybe 10 more? years. 20 years. Wow. I'm only 19, it's still been 20 years. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's been about, I've met you when you were, what, eight? No, much younger, much younger. Probably three or four. Really? Wow, so there we go. Long I time. met you through your brother who attended our sessions, yep. play football for our football team. Uh, got to know yourself and got to know your uh, brother and got to know your family. So that was a real privilege. Thank you. So, Press United, if you had to explain what we basically do at Press United, you know, the things we cover, what our day-to-day -day operations include, how would you best put it? Supporting the community engaging with the community, empowering the community, and enriching the the lives of people in the community. I'd say that was the best way to describe what we do on a daily, day to day basis. And every day is very different. Today we had a good day, but not every day sadly is a good day with us. No, sometimes we have some very difficult uh, individuals or stories or well, what can we say, uh, episodes to deal with. 
So it's, some days are more challenging. I won't say we're disappointed. We're still here after 20 years. So, you know, some days are more challenging than others. But that's the part and parcel of living in a very complex, a very uh, diverse and complex and poor communities that we serve. That That's part and parcel of what we do. And you've been doing this, as you said, for a really long time, 20 years. I'm not even 20 years old, I'm only 19. And you've worked with a lot of different people. Some people have been useful, some people have been time wasters. <laughs> Stir up. So... I wouldn't call them time wasters. It's just different people at different stages of their lives require different support. Some need more than others, you know. So, in fact, I've been doing this 24 years since 1997. Wow, that's what 1997. Yeah, I started volunteering in 1997. Wow, that's a lot older than me. It's uh, it's been it's been a long road. It's been a very amazing journey so far and long be you know long run a bit longer mm. so you've been doing this for a long time as we said so how did it start how did you know back in 1997 back when it was the 90s and <laughs> 90s stuff happened I, I don't know anything of the 90s i'm young i was born in 2002 i don't know anything about the 90s i'm gonna be straight up <laughs> So the nineties, the nineties were very much. Um, oh, the world was a little bit different. Mobile phones were different. We had a, call, a, a phone called a banana phone. If you, I don't even know if you know what that is. I think they're reinventing it, brought it back out again. But uh, Nokia banana. I never heard of that. Yeah, we used to have to pay for text messages. Phone calls were really expensive. Um, Forget your camera on the phone. There's no such thing, and uh, social media did not exist. I don't know if Facebook did it exist in 1997. I don't know. No, I don't think it did. I don't think so. So, no, no. So we had no Bitcoin, no um, social media, no Twitter, no Facebook. Nothing. Nothing existed. We had a good old. You had to go and talk to somebody. They were the days. And then if you, you, you have to be fairly well off to afford a mobile phone, to be fair. You know, things were coming down in price, but still was quite expensive to run a mobile phone. And text messaging was, um, wow, it was, people actually used the phone for a phone to talk to people. And it all began, you know, going back to your original question, how, it began, uh, how we began. We began by, um, there was about half a dozen young boys aged 12 to 15, possibly. The original Preston United boys, as I call them. They, um, they wanted to play football. And... Um, they had no way to play. They were, I'll be honest with you, they were a little bit uh, lacking in skill, teamwork, you know. And we, they wanted to go and do something, you know, instead of hanging out on our street corner smoking weed. Uh, well, it was then, it was cigarettes, to be fair, and just being involved in silliness on the street, what we call antisocial behavior. 
I said, come on, lads, you've got nothing else better to do than this. We've got, well, we've got nowhere to go, nothing to do. We're just like hanging around and all we're doing is playing a bit of football. So I actually went across the to the park to watch them um, play, not even train play. And uh, they were average. They were, I wouldn't say they were, they were the best, but uh, they were average. And uh, I had a car at the time. And uh, I said, well, we need to, you know, they want to enter a league, but they didn't have a lift. So we, uh, in my wisdom, I said, right, all right, get in the car, I'll give you a drop down there. So I gave them a drop down there. And I thought, you know what, let me just see what they're like. And I watched them and uh, they got absolutely pummeled. So on the way back, they were a bit, you know, disgruntled, blaming each other, fighting each other. I said, boys, the one thing I know about sport is a team game. When you win, you win together. When you lose, you lose together. And by pointing fingers, you're not going to get anywhere. So they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I was quelling a little uh, argument in the back of the car with the boys. I said, I'll tell you what, boys, what I'll do, what I'll do is I will, um, I'll um, come down and I'll help you out and I'll, I'll come train you. So I said, look, bring some footballs because I haven't got any footballs. And we need to um, find some nets or something, some cones or whatever. And basically, there was jumpers for goalposts. And I managed to get them, uh, you know, we bought a couple of footballs, five or six lads trained, and, you know, worked on our fitness levels. We went to the game, we got beat, but this time we only got beat by, well, I think it was about four or five goals instead of 10, 15. So there was a little bit of improvement. That gave him a little bit of spirit. That gave him a bit of encouragement. I said, right, come on. Let's keep going. Let's see where we go with this thing. And, um, you know, weeks turned into months and the boys were improving. And then um, eventually we went down to the league and uh, we won a cup game, uh, which they were really surprised about. So they, we, we decided, you know, let's train harder to win the next cup game and we trained hard and we won that cup game. Then we went and we started to do better in the league. So five, six lads soon started to get to seven, eight, nine. And I'm thinking, flipping heck, I'm up and down, up and down. Remember, this is before I had a minibus. This was all in my own car. And a few months into it, well, I'd say about six, seven months into it. So it's probably uh, mid, late, mid to late eight, 98. Um, we were training on a park and this um, lady was jogging past us and she must have heard me barking instructions to the boys and she came over and she goes, uh, do you mind if I ask what you're doing? I said, uh, playing football. Well, trying to. And then, well, what do you do? I said, nothing. I'm just trying to play football. And that's it, really. Well, where's your equipment? Well, this is it. So we haven't got anything, we're training whatever we've got. So we got talking and she said, um, look, listen, if I come and talk to you, would you consider, um, you know, getting some support from me? 
My name is Andrea. I work for the City Council. I'm a sports development officer. Oh, well, if you're giving me something for free, I'll take it. <laughs> so um, she brought down a bag of footballs, some cones, some bibs. We actually felt so spoiled. It was unbelievable. Man, this stage, I'm getting about 15 lads turning up every week, between 12 and 15 lads. And uh, I said, look, do you know what? Let's save up and buy a kit. So we went out and bought, out, bought a kit the same colour. And uh, we started looking the part. And Andrea, over the next 12 months, 18 months, helped me a lot and um, got ourselves organised, got me some training, got me some more kit. And from there, we just expanded. And then in 2002, we decided to... Um, you know, formalise the group and uh, we came up with a name called Preston United, which is still stuck. Because I wanted to call it Preston United because I, I didn't want it to be in a state base. So anybody, any kid who wants to come and play football, it doesn't matter where you're from, the whole point is we want to unite everybody, black, white, Asian, mixed race, everybody we want to unite them. And as you'll be fully aware, your brother's team was fully, you know, it was a mixed bag of everybody doesn't matter. And then that's how it took off. And then from there, somebody invited us to go to a residential. That was uh, a weekend away in the Lake District and the, kid, the lads loved it. And then, you know what, I slowly started to see the influence that I was having on these young people. I thought we can do a lot better than this. It's not just about football. And after the residential, things really, really changed. And um, we started running a youth club. We did more regular residentials. We did more than we did just more than training on a Saturday. We started to train on a Saturday morning, and we started with the youngsters. So we started with you know primary school young, um, children, and started training them up. So I said to the lads, "You come give me a hand on a, on a Saturday morning, and I'll train you midweek, and I'll give you a lift in the in the uh, car." In about 2003, possibly 2004, we bought our first uh, nine-seater minibus, a Ford Transit. And uh, that was it, 12-seater, sorry, not nine-seater, 12-seater minibus. That was the most, one of the things that changed how Preston United delivered our project. Because once we got the minibus, the world was our oyster. Then we could do trips to Blackburn, Manchester, Liverpool, and then after that, it just expanded, program expanded. And almost 23 years, 24 years later, here we are, delivering a project that's uh, hopefully changing people's lives and influencing how they lead their lives on a daily basis. How does it feel seeing, because you've been doing this for a long time, as you said, around 24 years, coming up to 25 years. How does it feel seeing the world change around you? For example, football, sports, um, just the youth in general. Because you started at a time when, as you said, we had a lot less technology, we had a lot less devices, we had a lot, we had a lot less things to do for people young people i guess nowadays you have 
you have games consoles, you have mobile phones, you've got, I don't even know what else. But you've got all that stuff. How does it feel seeing everything change? Well, uh, many years ago, uh, I met a very interesting lady from Leeds whose um, son was killed by a knife. And she ran a campaign, Lives Not Knives, and Not Knives, NTK. And she said, Omar, if I had a magic wand, I would eliminate all these games consoles, these violent games that young people are playing. Because this will have a massive, massive impression on our young people. And that was in 2006, seven, probably. And games then were nothing like the games they are now. Uh, I don't even know what year Call of Duty came out. And it was, that stuck with me. And she said that systematic, systematically these games will sanitize our young people against violence. And sadly, she was right. Sadly, she was right because our young people are more violent. You know, it's only, let, let's get one thing straight. There's a tiny minority of young people that spoil it for the majority. The majority of young people are absolutely fantastic, full of enthusiasm, full of life, full of great ideas, fun to be around. That's the majority. There's only a tiny minority. Unfortunately, today, technology and media, you only get to hear the bad stories. And they kind of don't portray the, the majority of young people I work with. That minority is slowly increasing year by year, I've got to admit. And in 2008, when we had the first call, as I would call it, on the community and voluntary sector of public spending, that was decimated. We lost within a year 80% of the funding that we were given was gone overnight and i mean literally overnight and projects were shutting down left right and center the youth centers were shutting down um you know more more and more young people at the same time were spending more and more time on these games and then the whole thing was less opportunities for young people that were available and since 2008 after that biggest thing was obviously the pandemic that we the whole world has just gone through the world is oh, so much more different from when i started so much different you know we're seeing young people far more young people who have trauma in their lives and that trauma manifests itself in different ways and sometimes unfortunately has an impact on their behavior a lot of our young people, a lot of our children now growing up witnessing domestic violence and violence within the home on a regular basis. The alcohol and the use of drugs, especially cannabis and cocaine, is, is, is nothing new to somebody who's as young as 10. And more and more young people 
they believe that they need to walk around with the knife for their own protection. That would have never happened 25 years ago. Very rare. Uh, now it's, it's scary. It's scary. There's a local project uh, not too far away from us that he, he, he collects probably half a dozen to a dozen knives a week. And it's sad. It is really, really sad. I think this country needs to reevaluate how we are moving forward and invest huge amounts of money into the future. And the only way you're going to do that is invest in our youth. The young people of this world have the answer to all the problems in the world just because they're young. Like I've always said to you, as the only thing I have got over you is experience. I'm no more knowledgeable than you. I just have seen things that you've not experienced yet. That's all I have. Too many of us don't want to listen to young people. Too many of us, too many what we call grown-ups think that they've got the right way. And when you sit down with young people and you listen to the magnificent stories that they tell you, and then also at the same time you hear some sad, sad stories of what they witness and what they're witnessing on a daily basis, and a lack of opportunity, a lack of money. Everything together now has come, and then came COVID, has culminated in a real difficult situation for the future. You know, COVID-19 was horrific for the number of lives that we've lost, but the unseen truth of COVID is that the generation, the next two generations are going to be paying for the cost of COVID and that's going to be on their shoulders. There's no way a young person, even a young person, people in their 30s and 40s can save up money for a deposit on a house. You know, it's sad. It is really, really sad. And so when you come from a deprived ward, when you come from a deprived area, and there's a lack of opportunity and all around you, you're witnessing violence from a very young age. When you put all this into the equation, we're starting to lose more and more young people to the streets. And some people think it's the glorified streets, but the, the streets, she's, she's harsh. The streets has no sympathy. Once you're embroiled in that lifestyle, that is it. It is very, very, very hard to get out of. And you will be damaged forever. Unfortunately, we're losing more and more young people to the streets. But our job is to ensure that we carry on doing what we're doing and save as many young people. Like yesterday, almost 100 young people turned up to football. Now, that's four hours of football that we provide that almost 100 people will not be on the streets. That's a bonus. That's us doing something. Right now, the biggest biggest issue we have is children going hungry and not not having a proper meal every single day, a hot meal. It's almost 2022. And in England, in the United Kingdom, one of the greatest developed countries in the world, the inequality in this country is unbelievable, unbelievable. The people who have have everything. The people who don't have nothing. 
And unfortunately, unless we change the trajectory in which we are heading, things are only going to get worse. But people like us, you know, there's hundreds of projects just in this city that are making a difference to someone's lives. If we can put a smile on someone's face, that one day when we leave our homes, that's all we pray for, is I can make somebody smile today. That might be giving some a homeless person a coffee. That might be sitting down and talking to someone who's obviously going through a difficult time in their lives. If we could be there just to listen, just to hear them out and make them smile, that will, that's all we've got to go back to. It might sound very, very basic, but we need to, we need to have a lot more people think about others first in this social media gratification society that we live in where people live for likes. It shouldn't be about liking you. It should be about understanding others and what they are going through and what can we do to contribute to their happiness today. Like I said, it might just be buying them a coffee and say, when we go out and feed the homeless, we showered with so many people happy. And all I ask for is, mate, when I give you this, I don't want nothing. I just want you to smile. Just smile and be happy. Might only be happy for 15, 20 minutes while he's in, but he's happy for that 15, 20. We've managed to get rid of that unhappiness in his life or her life for 15, 20 minutes. If that's all we can do, we're on a winner, winner. People don't realize how how rough some parts of your journey was. As you said, funding's a massive, massive thing, and it's not like it's not like we get everything handed to us on a platter. For example, if I was to speak to someone saying I work at a youth club, they're gonna assume that it's funded and it's looked after, and we get like some top-notch equipment and stuff like that. But it's not like that. You once told me once and this was for 10 months you're working without funding yeah it happens it happens it's uh this is not my job as well this is not my job this is my life and why have i evaluated my life and i found out why i'm here now i'm here to do something for humanity to leave something behind for them to make someone happy you know, that's what I strive for every single day. You know, I try my best, and sometimes it may not be enough, but I try my best. And I always think that if we get trapped into this misery, it kind of like a vortex will suck us in. Well, you always got to, always got to remain positive. Always got to remain positive. Even in the darkest days, you know, the rain will stop eventually and the sun will shine. You've got to have that belief. You've got to have the belief that things will get better and people are out there to support you through that journey. We've had many, 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 many successful stories. Look at all you boys. University, doing well, being creative, supporting your community, you know, spreading your wings out. You know, look at one of the biggest success stories I've ever had you know, is Rick, whose life has been absolute, you could not have predicted it when I first started working with him, oh God, over a decade ago, 
you know, way over a decade ago, many, many years ago, nine years old, full of anger, lost young boy in a world whose all he wanted was love. And now he's running a project out there in London and he's doing fantastic things, fantastic things. You know, this young boy has been through hell and back and the day, days will be brighter. And you've got to stick to that belief, mentally be strong, and you'll get through And um, the next generation, <clears throat> people ask me, when are you going to retire? When are you going to give up? When are you going to do something else or not? I don't know his answer. I wish I could do this forever. I wish I could. But, you know, there are young people out there who've got so much... I look at some young people and they inspire me hugely. And that's why I do what I do, because I know the future is a lot better. The future lies in your hands. I'll give you some advice. When you're giving an interview, stop drinking. I can hear you gulping. You'll ruin your video. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I have to tell you off every time I see you. I can't believe it. You're gulping. Well, that's never going to change. That's never going to change. You know it. Like I said, you're uh, in uh, in my top eight thousand. You're there, thereabouts. Six, I thought it was six thousand. I thought it was six thousand. Six or oh, maybe eight now. Yeah, how many young people in, in, have you worked with in total? Oh, god! Oh god! I don't know. Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. All right, so I'm in your top tens of thousands, then, aren't I? No, no, I wouldn't say that bad. Yeah, probably in the top. Oh, but six thousand, six thousand though. Oh yeah, six to eight. We'll give you that bracket. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a promotion. That's something I've been needing. <laughs> I've gone from your top hundred percent to your top sixty percent, and all, all it took was one podcast episode. So, how have the last twenty-four years working with all these young people, meeting all these different people, how has it changed your life? For the better. Without fear. End of. I'm a better person now. Far better person. Like this journey has been nothing without the beautiful people I've met over the over these years. You know, it's it's made me who I am. It defines me. Like I said, it's not a job, it's in my life. So yeah. Short answer to that is for the better man. Honestly, I feel so blessed every day. So blessed. Uh, I couldn't sit in the office and, you know, do that job. I couldn't be a paramedic. I couldn't be, you know, AA man. Uh, I wouldn't swap my job for anything, honestly. Not that I'd take anything away from anybody else's jobs because they'll bring a lot of happiness to a lot of in their own. But because every day is so crazy, mad different. That's why I'm blessed, because you just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Don't know what you've got to deal with. This morning I woke up, had a meeting. While I was in the meeting, I got a, a text, uh, what we call an SOS alert, and I had to get off the meeting and um, take the phone call. And it was helping three families who have been made homeless, you know, single parent with children. Um, it was just horrific what they've been through over the weekend. And I, everything, I, I don't know, I just went into blind mode and just went, right, boom, this is what needs to be done. 
and I just went 100 miles an hour to make sure that I could do my little bit, my little bit to support that them three families to, today. Today I know they will be sat there not going hungry. I know that they, I've not met them and never will. I don't know, I don't know if I'm ever going to meet them. But today my little contribution will make them happy. And that's what motivated, like I said, that's my life's better for that. So much better. And just hope, you know, our Creator, the Almighty, accepts our uh, efforts. That's it. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of run out of my questions. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to be straight if I run out of my questions because uh, I didn't pace this one that well. Fine. But um, I, I can still freestyle. I freestyle for like 45 different episodes in the past. I can freestyle now again. That's fine. <laughs> you live something. So let's say if there was a young person who was sat here listening to this episode, what would you want them to take from it? Like, if you had to summarize everything, what do you think would be the most important for them to learn? Believe in yourself. Self-belief is the catalyst that will kickstart your life. Believe in yourself. Don't ever say, I can't. Say always, I can't yet. Believe that you can make a difference in people's lives. Get up. Don't matter how many times you fall, get up off that floor. Your back's against the wall. What you don't want to do is cover up. Like in the boxing. I keep telling you as well. When you have difficult times and life is throwing punches at you, don't stand there and take it. Get up off the floor. Dust yourself off. Look, listen. When you're close to defeat, get up on your feet. Simple as. And throw punches. Life is harsh. Life is cruel. But also, life is beautiful. And you've got to live it. You've got to believe in yourself. Whatever you want to achieve is inside of you. You need that drive. You need that motivation. You need that structure. You need that focus. You know, you need that burning desire, right? You should never, ever, ever strive to become any less than you are. Never know your limits. Always work beyond your limitations, way beyond your limitations. You know, you don't know what your limits are. People said, you know, just less than 100 years ago, you can never get to the moon. Prove that wrong, haven't they? Got to the moon. Can't get to Mars. Prove that wrong. Got to Mars. You could never, never, ever change people's lives, you know, through the internet. Look at that. Internet has changed everybody's lives forever. Sometimes for the better, sometimes not so good. But like I said, if any young person is listening to this, no matter why, how many dark days you are facing that and what you have witnessed, believe in yourself. Don't be a victim. Get up. Yeah? Move away from that label of being a victim. I'm going to do this. You know, if that means, you know, you probably are the most weakling person in that gym, you're going to get up in the morning and you'll prove yourself wrong. Prove yourself that I can do 10 press-ups. Oh, I can't do 10. I'll do five. But tomorrow I'm going to do six. Forever pushing yourself. 
outside your limitations. Do stuff outside your comfort zone. Don't do what you're good at all the time. Do what you're not good at. Because outside, when you do things outside your comfort zone, that's where true development happens. That's where you really develop as an individual. You know, do something that's absolutely going to scare the crap out of you. Because you know what? That's when you really know who you are and what you're made of. You are invincible. I'm telling you, you are invincible. Nothing will break you. Nothing. You might try, but it won't break you if you don't let it. So believe in yourself. You know, you might be going through, I don't know, you might be doing exams and things are tough. Boom. Fresh mindset. Open mindset. Allow yourself to develop. And you know, consistency is the key. Keep consistently doing what you know will improve you on a daily basis. Chunk it down. Micromanage your day. What can make you do well? Stay away from the influences that are not good. Don't, don't hang around with people who are going to be wasting your time, tire kickers. Spend your time with people who are going to expand your mind, you know, and develop you to achieve what you want to achieve. Write down your goals. Straight away, by writing down your goals, you're better than the majority of people who are dreaming. Once you wrote down your, your goals, actions is what is required. As soon as you get onto the actions, you're in that 1%. That 1% of people who want to make change. And you know what? Everybody can do it. Everybody. And if you can't, there's plenty of people out there who want to support you. And you know what? When you do something for somebody else, you feel so good about yourself. Do something like that. Go and give a homeless person a coffee. Or go and drop into a refuge and drop some nappies for the kids. Or some baby food for the kids. Or go out there and just give somebody a hand. Keep go and knock on your neighbor's house and ask them how they are. Go and go to old people's, your neighbor's elderly in the street and go and do their shopping for them. Or just cut their grass for them or clean their door for them or take their bins out. Do something for somebody else. Because I tell you what, you feel so good about yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, you're going to start to, that flame inside your self-belief will start to burn. And when that starts, listen, you show me the spark and I'll give you the fire. That's it. You just need to have that spark. Get that spark and that fire will burn. And once that fire starts burning inside you, you know, honestly, nothing, nothing. Be ambitious, right? And don't be scared of failing, man. Don't. Failure is the journey towards success. Without failure, we are nothing. We never learn. Use that approach that when you fail, let's learn from it. But don't stop. Don't stop. All the greats, I can give you examples. One, Michael Jordan, probably the greatest basketballer in my time. All every time, of every time. And all the championships he's won, everything. But ask him how many times he missed a crucial shot. Ask him, he got cut from his own high school basketball team because he said he weren't good enough. Did he give up? No. What did he do? Go back to a drawing board, failed again, got up. That's what I'm talking about. Don't matter how many times you hit that floor, you get back up. You get back up and show life that no matter what, how many times you push me down, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and learn from your mistakes. Don't be scared of making a mistake. Don't ever be worried about making a mistake. You know, that's when you're going to know your limitations. That's when you're going to learn the most. 
that's when you're going to do stuff outside your comfort zone and change it, change your life for the better. But every single day, every single step you take in that direction to achieve your goals, you'll feel better. And how do you do it? By helping others to help yourself. And that's the only advice I can give to those who are struggling out there right now. There are people out there to support you. But do you know what? It's your, it's your feet. It's your step. And that step, take it. Take it. No matter how scary it is, take it. Because when you're scared, you're on edge. Right? You've got to make that decision. You might fall. You might fail. You might be back, back on the floor. Get back up. Get back up. I don't care how many times you've got to do it. You get back up and show life. You're not going to give in. Because before you know it, life will pass you by. And you just belong to everybody else complaining about life, making excuses for life. Look at yourself. Self-reflection is a great way of learning. How can I improve myself? I learn every single day. What did I do today? What did I do today? Have I achieved my goals for today? Have I actually done what I wanted to do today? That's it. It's as simple as that. Might sound simple. It takes a lot of courage. But I'm telling you, believe in yourself. Belief, self-belief is the catalyst, is the burner, that fire inside you that will make you achieve whatever you want to achieve. Write a book. Climb mountains. You know, do tightrope across mountains. You know, go to the moon, invent a new app. You know, whatever you want to do, get out there and do it. Don't dream about it. Don't talk about it. Do it. Just get on with it and do it. Let's do a quick flashback to, was it four or five years ago? It might have been. No, it was four. It was four. Four years ago. And this was in the Westview What's it called? Is it called the public room? The waiting room? The something room? Reception. The Westview Leisure Centre. Reception. What's that? Sorry? Reception. Yes, the reception. That's the word I'm looking for. The Westview Leisure Centre reception. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Here's a clue. I'll show you a clue. <laughs> the napkin. The napkin. <laughs> that's just giving you some structure my brother just just giving you some a program that you know in your heart you knew it anyway it just took me to explain it in my own style to you that stick to it did it work definitely well i think i think you already know the answer <laughs> there you go. now for the listeners who don't know what, what we're talking about um, four years ago, and I'm sure that was in October, November as well, wasn't it? It was. It was a gloomy day. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Four years ago, me and Omar went to the Westview reception, and Omar essentially gave me the talk that changed my life. That's probably the, been the most important talk I've ever had. And how long was it? Was it an hour? Was it half an hour? I don't know. I, I don't think the time was that important, but. Omar made me a plan for my next five years of how to live them, how to think, how to how to live, essentially. And 
I had a pen, but I didn't have any paper. Omar didn't have any paper. The Westview reception didn't have any paper, which is kind of worrying. So we wrote down this really, really important structure, this really important plan on a napkin. And this is four years ago, and I still have this napkin. And I've kept it really safe because I'm never going to throw that napkin away mm. because that napkin changed my life. Wow. Well, there you go. <clears throat> Knowledge is nothing unless you share it, my brother. It's nothing. Now, what I need you to do is go and find somebody who also needs a napkin. And that love, share it. Share that experience with someone. And sit down with someone. And, and do you know what? We write plans. We write a structure. But it was down to you, you know. Yeah, every now and then my arm is at the back of you and saying, look, listen, I'm still here, but you've got to leave. And I'm here whenever you need it. And I want anybody, you know, the young people are very close to us. You know, I'm I, I checking on them on a regular basis. We are, have our own conversations in our own style. And, you know, as I've got older, your brother will witness this, will be witness to this, I say, should say. Um, I've mellowed a lot and I've realized these things called ears are valuable. Talk less, listen more, more. And you have got to a position that you're in because all I did was like give you a spark and checked in on you and give you a bit of focus, a bit of structure, a timetable, every day broken down, what to do when you first thing when you wake up to the last thing you go to bed at night and be consistent with it. And because you have been consistent with it, you've got through your GCSEs, you've got through your A-levels, you've got to university, you are not the same person as I first met, you know, and that's because you believe in yourself you know this is your 52nd podcast one year in and i remember when you were telling me you know what i don't know i don't know I'm, but listen mate how will you know until you try 52 episodes later <laughs> you, you, you you're still doing what you're passionate about you found your element in life you found what you are meant to be doing on this earth you've got a vision you now know what the importance of having that inner desire, that the inner belief of yourself, I can achieve, I can do. You know, positive affirmations every single morning, every single night. You know what, if I was Prime Minister of this country, that I would make sure that every child would do that first thing in the morning when as soon as they got to school. More important than handwriting, more important than uh, spelling, more important than maths would be your positive affirmations because that gives you that little spark and every child should start the day like that and every child should be you know inspired by a mentor somebody that can inspire him and if i've done that for you like i said <clears throat> you know when the day when i'm no longer here at least that napkin would mean something to you and that then prayers and them duas, as we call them, prayers, they may be my saviour in the life hereafter, which our faith is all about. 
is preparing for not this life, but preparing for the life hereafter by doing good for your fellow human being. You know, what have you done for my fellow human being? What have you done for other human beings around you? Like I said, it doesn't have to be a massive thing. It can be every day. I'm going to spend, well, I don't know, cost you about 20 quid to buy polystyrene cups, put some coffee in them every morning in a flask, go around and give 20 people coffee. Boom, boom, there you go. Trust me, that's going to make you feel so good about yourself because you're contributing to society. You're contributing to making someone happy. And that's all you've got to do. And that's how I live my life on a daily basis. Is what can I do today that will make a difference in someone's life? And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very blessed that, you know, I've got this opportunity to do for others. And I'm not very good at taking the old compliment. And, you know, I'm just a doer. I just get on with it and do it. But I'm surrounded by some beautiful people, beautiful people, family, kids, um, colleagues, partners, young people. And you guys inspire me on a daily basis to get out there, motivate me to get out there. You know, if I'm having, you know, I don't know, I won't call them dark days. If I'm just having a wobble every now and then, I think back to the napkin. And I think back to the conversations I've had in, in you know, one-on-one -on -one with people. And if that's made a difference to their lives, that motivates me to think, you know what, I must be doing something right. It's better than uh, making people's lives a misery, is to make them happy. Because they'll, they'll never forget you. They'll never forget you. And like you said, I'm, I'm very honoured and very privileged that um, you feel that way. You know, you, you value a napkin. I could have given you a gold watch and that would have meant nothing to you. Would have meant nothing to you. That napkin means the world to you. But that napkin, I want you to share with somebody else. Give somebody else that napkin. And make that make that positive contribution when I can share it. Share it with somebody else. And honestly, make that other person. Uh, let me ask you a question. Me being in your life, are you happy? Are you glad that you met me? Yeah. Well, I, I think happy is an understatement based off this episode, but yeah. There you go. So you go out and make somebody else happy. That's my only requirement. If I've done it for you, you go and do it for somebody else and then say that same thing to that next person. You go and, and that chain reaction will change the way people think. That, that chain reaction will change how people go about their daily lives and we'll live in a happier place you know a happier place for all simple as that's you know that's as simple as it is it's not, it's not rocket science it is a rocket science see my catchphrase or motto for this podcast is if you can help one person doing what you're doing then it's worth doing where did I learn that? Who said that first? Somebody very clever, probably. Well, it was you. <laughs> I probably robbed it off somebody else. <laughs> See, um, what's called, you don't know about this, but over the last five years since I've been working with you, I've been keeping a notes file 
wow. on my phone about things that um what's called mainly you but things that other people have said to me main most of my you and i'm going to read some of them out wow. so the first one was um and seriously for you guys listening this is this is def- i promise you this is something omar had no idea about isn't that true no i have no idea that you're keeping it in and, my quotes yeah um so let me read some of them out first one was control your four sets mental physical emotional and spiritual and i for my listeners here you guys already know that i had a set series where i was covering one episode for each set you told me well i'm going to list four quotes because i don't want to take everyone's time too much you told me another one and i i wrote this down word to word young men are like birch birch can be used to make really nice ships when handled properly one mistake can leave you with nothing more but two useless pieces of wood. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? I do, sir. I do. Um, and what's it called the last one? Uh, I can't seem to. I can't seem to find the fourth one. I can't lie, but I've got the last one. I've got the last one, and this was. If I had to say one quote that truly changed my life and gave me the the one that was a trigger trigger to me believing myself and this is what you said to me you said i saw that you are a leader do you remember that time when me you umar and sully were driving back from a long shift at press united outside and called from 10 till 6 and i asked has anyone ever said a quote to you that's changed your life and you responded, Umar responded, and I said to you saying that you said one to me, but you and you asked me what it was, but I said I'm not gonna tell you yet. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's what it was. I saw that you're a leader. You are. And that's that's what I can see in you. You know, and when you see the good in someone rather than the bad you change their lives forever because everybody has good in them you have a far lot far more good in you than you have bad i've sat with prisoners who served long long sentences i've I've sat with people who've lost loved ones i've sat with children who've gone through horrific times and the one thing i see in them is beyond the tears and beyond the pain is that there's good in them and they can make a difference with that good and that good will change their lives forever for their better betterment in their lives and you've got to see the best in some people the good in people and leaders leaders are readers and every day you should read every single day if a young person will pick up a book 300 400 pages long you know, in a month, they should be able to read that book. And the one thing they tell in the video, what books give you, is that opportunity to keep going back to that book. Find 10 good books that will change your life forever. You know, our friend Rakeem has wrote, he's almost finished his second book. 
and I still read it to the day, every day. A few quotes. There we go. Thoughts on the page. Every day, just go to any random page and read the page. Any book that is inspiring, you know, any book that gives you that motivation, any book that gives you the opportunity to change your life for the better, any book that make, gives you that guidance, right, to lead your life in a better way, pick it up, you know. I've got probably about, I said, 10 good books that I read again and again and again and again. You know, and I might not read it page one to 300. I might just start a page, I don't know, 197 and take the best part of that. And that's what keeps you. Knowledge is nothing. You need to go out there and gain knowledge. And the world has many, many, many different books. And keep good company. Surround yourselves with people like yourself. Don't spend your time with tire kickers and waste your life. You're not a road man. You're not a street man. You're not a gangster. Move away. If you want to be, go hang out with them. There's not going to be a good ending to that story. But if you want to change, go and find people that will develop you. And you gain so much from positive that will change your life. Spend your time with people like that. Because time is one thing I'm afraid that you can never get back. And do you know what? People spend hours and hours and hours on TikTok or Snapchat and people go on about all that sort of thing. Hey, if you can learn from it and if it's giving you motivated and it's giving you positive vibes, you do what's good for you, mate. You know? So, on that note, you know, I'm really happy that you've taken something away from our time together all these years. Now it's time for you to thrive in that world of out there and make a difference to people's lives. And don't ever, ever stop believing in yourself. You know, you'll attract good people around you. When you when you give this aura around you that you're positive, a positive person gives off that aura, that sense of, you know, something about that person. You know, you're not here, you know, it's nice if you like you. But you know what? If they gain something from you, if that young person comes off the football pitch after he scored, scored the best goal of his life, might just be a tapping from two yards. But for him, or for her, it's the Wembley Cup final, 91st minute, boom, to win the game. And all I need to do is turn around and go, wow, that was fantastic. Raises, you know, raising, he feels 10 foot tall, his shoulders are back, his chest is out, he's puffed out, he's chuffed. No kid should leave our sessions without a smile on their face. You know, nobody should be going home thinking, oh, I hated that. No, because we're not doing our job. Like I said, it can be in a youth club. It can be uh, football. It can be music. It can be anywhere, whatever. But make that person feel good about themselves. Make them feel that they've got that belief that I can do, I can do, I can do. You know, impossible when you break it down is Impossible. There you go, sir. So on that note, I hope that this podcast brings great success. 
I hope a lot of people listen. Um, you know, I hope people take something away from the podcast. I hope they realize that there's something burning inside of them that they need to discover and spend your time wisely. Surround yourself with the most positive people that you can. Development only happens outside your comfort zone. So do something that is really not, you know, for example, you, know, you hate swimming. So the first thing I'm going to do is have to do kayaking. There you go, sir. Outside your comfort zone. Hey, that's where you do. That was fun. I can't ride a bike. So what do we do? We give you a bike. So these... Yeah, we don't t- we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that one. <laughs> so that's, we don't that's talk about that one. That's where the growth is. That's where the magic is. That's where it happens, man. Boom. That's where I think the best part about that is. I think the best part about that is how you and Umar at the time you were actually fully motivated to teach me how to ride a bike. Even Umar, Umar is all of his jokes around, but this time he was fully serious. Umar is recording, he's teaching me how to ride a bike. You can see in the video, while he's trying to push me go forward and he's watching me ride a bike, you can hear him just trying so, so hard not to laugh. You can hear him sniggering away in the background. <laughs> It's small things that you remember like that in life. When you get to the grand old age of what I got to, these are the memories that make you smile and know that you've led a good life. You know, and I'm blessed that I have many, 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 many thousands of occasions that I can call back on. And when I finally take my last breath, I always smile thinking, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I came and I contributed. I, I've left something behind. So that's what it's all about, my friend. And yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode as well as this year of podcasts. Wow. Well done. Wow. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. I don't think you can sit on that bum of yours and do nothing now. I want another. No, uh, hell no. Hell no. You know what I'm doing at the end of this week already. Got episode fifty three coming out next week. Have to work on that. There you go. There you go. Does it make you happy? Sorry. Does it make you happy? Of course. Even when it doesn't, I still going. I still keep going because it's the passion that keeps me fueled. Yeah, you fulfilled. You found your element. You found your spark, and you found something that makes you happy. And you know what? That's what it's all about: making people happy. And on that note, I'm not going to shout my podcast anymore because you guys already know what it is for this episode. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for jumping, for listening. Thank you, Bus, for jumping on. And thanks and good night.